We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And the rookie-to-rookie rookie action outside the blue door. He'll get the flyby. Three on the way, and he rattles it in. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough step back, gets up the shot. Banks it in. This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up, Thunder fans? And welcome to the Uncontested podcast. Uh, weekly Wednesday podcast during the off season. It's kind of weird. I'm used to saying that and uh, leading into a post game podcast. But that is not the case. We're still still coming to y'all live Wednesday nights for a uh, midweek podcast, Sunday nights, and obviously Mondays for our weekly podcast. And then we are doing um, some Twitter Spaces on Mondays and Fridays as well. Uh, but before we go any further, we are a proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of SI Thunder. If you all are tuning in live right now, you're probably tuning in on the back of just a ridiculous ending to what, in my opinion, is one of the best first-round series I can remember. We're only two games in with the Celtics and the Nets. Uh, the Celtics ended up coming back from quite a bit. Uh, they, they're going to win, It looks like they're going to win this one. It's 114-107 with about 17 seconds left to go. Really fun stuff. However, I'm joined by none other than my fearless leader, co-host, Jacob Niffin. How's it going? You've been tuning in a little bit to that uh, that game. I know you've been busy. What's up? Yeah, I unfortunately have not watched any basketball tonight. I did sit around and watch some last night. Saw uh, a lot of that Memphis versus Minnesota game. Uh, also tuned in to the last about six minutes of that Phoenix game which was just high quality entertainment. That Phoenix game, the back and forth, all the shot making Brandon that Ingram just awesome. going berserk. That was, that was a fun one for sure. That was awesome. I'm with you. I, I did that as well. I, although I fell asleep towards the end and then it's kind of, I'm with you. I haven't gotten to watch a ton of playoff basketball. Like I hoped because of a uh, little man, but uh little man woke me back up uh, around like two in the morning and I tuned in and got to see some of the ending of that as well. So crazy stuff in that series also, but Jacob, we are not here on this Wednesday podcast to talk about uh, other teams. We are here to talk about the Thunder, and thankfully yep. for Thunder us, and playoffs are not synonymous right now, Taylor. <laughs> not right now, but if you listen to Presti's interview or his uh, his exit interview, they will be for the long term, but it might take a little bit to get there. Uh, Jacob, I know you and I, um, I hosted the Twitter Spaces on Monday. Like I said, if you all uh, be sure to look out for those, we don't necessarily have set times. We're trying to be a little more consistent with those Mondays and Fridays, but be sure to look out for those because uh, one of our co-hosts will be hosting those each week uh, throughout the off season. But Jacob joined me on Mondays. And so we actually got to uh, talk about the pressy interview. And we honestly, I mean, we covered a lot of ground. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of, a lot of participation in the Twitter spaces. Um, so I apologize for those of you who maybe have tuned in or had tuned in on Monday, but uh, I, I promised that we would go a little more in depth on some of these themes that we took away from Presley's interview on uh, this Wednesday podcast. And uh, I, I thought it'd be, a, it's kind of perfect that you and I are doing this again 
tonight, Jacob, because I think we can go to a little more detail into some of the topics that we weren't able to cover on Monday. Um, and we have some more fun things laid out for you guys as well. So um, like I mentioned, Presley obviously had his his season exit interview, whatever his me- media availability, uh, whatever you want to call it, on um, his blockbuster special. Yeah, right. No kidding. He sounded like me on a podcast. He just the, went and the went uncut, and went. unedited director's cut version, the extended edition. And that's felt the first like thing I, was, I have. Yeah, it's I felt like, like I was watching the Fellowship of the Ring. I, you brought up a really good. I, I mean, I'm, I promise I won't refer to our Monday Twitter spaces on each and every topic. This will be the last time I mention it. But kind of like our infamous um, Spotify green room session that you and I yeah. had last summer. That was just, I mean, hot takes everywhere great content and it just up there in the cloud somewhere but one thing that was really cool and this is kind of the first thing i want to mention jacob one of the first things that presti himself mentioned was that he would stay um for every single he, he had his opening monologue that he always has and that he would stay for every single question that the media had because he felt it was his responsibility as a gm and whatever his full title is uh for the thunder right now <laughs> to communicate that to um, to the fans and he realizes the importance that the media plays and relaying that to those fans. And I just thought that was really cool. I mean, you're not going to find very many uh, general managers, for example. I mean, I'm not like we have a lot of Pistons friends, right? I'm not trying to like single out any individual team, um, but their GM, Troy Weaver just kind of came out there, did his spill and, you know, it was a 30 minute process. And so I just thought it was really cool. What Presty did to your point. Yeah, it's uh I mean, it just shows a lot of respect for the position he holds and for the people that cover the team. And uh, it's not lost on us. It is very appreciated that he, I mean, it's impressive. The dude can talk for two and a half hours and then the rest of us are trying to crack the code of what the hell he said. It's like the uh, Navajo code talkers, of world war two, we're trying to figure out what the hell he meant by everything he said, <laughs> but it's, it's very um, acknowledged and appreciated that he would spend that time talking to the media and it gives us a lot of stuff to talk about on a podcast so a lot of stuff to talk about and just a uh, shout out to one of our co-hosts nick crane him and i were talking about this um um in the slack i thought he, he brought up a really good point jacob when he said like you know i agree with everything that you and i just said but he brought up the good point that like this is also his one opportunity or one of couple opportunities throughout the season to be able to kind of push back on a national narrative and try to reassure Thunder fans that this process is worth it. And we'll, we'll kind of get into that when we go through some of these themes, but Presti started it, like I mentioned with like a, you know, I didn't actually time it, but it felt like about a 10 minute opening statement. Oh, it was 30. It was 30. Was it, it was actually 30. It was actually, it was a 30 minute opening monologue before we got to questions. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Yeah. They started pretty close to right at two on the dot yeah, or or one on the dot. I'm sorry. And then at about one 30 is when questions started. started. I got the first question in at about like two 28, two 29. Okay. I'm glad you uh, were watching. That that sounds crazy. Like I'm not breaking this stupid thing down. Like this is a Pruder film. Okay. No, (laughs) but uh, it, it was about 30 minutes. It was, it was, Pretty lengthy. Yeah, we aren't the ringer here going through the rewatchables and breaking down by the time frame. But no, I'm glad you, uh, I'm really glad you, you mentioned that because I like, I uh, was going to the gym during my lunch break. And so I like, I was changing, getting back to the, getting back to work and all that and was listening in my headphones. I didn't really have time frames um, or timestamps. But out of that, kind of summarizing his intro, there were three season takeaways that he had that he ended with before opening with questions. The first of those was that he felt that they took a positive step this season. They took a step forward this season um, and that he felt it was a, a productive season. His second point was that this is only the second draft of the rebuild. He wanted to make that very clear. And third, he mentioned that not only himself, but everybody from the top down to the, the bottom of the organization are extremely confident that this process is going to work long-term, long-term for the Thunder for them to reach their goals, which we know is um, an arrival to play off and, and championship contention and not just an appearance. So w- what were your thoughts on those three takeaways, Jacob? Maybe like you said, just the intro in general, uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I think I thought I talked a lot. You, you mentioned the, this was a productive season. He mentioned a lot about establishing a baseline. What do we have? Where are we at in this process? Like trying to figure that out. 
And I think they did figure out some of that stuff. They figured out that Shay is a foundational piece. I'm going to make the, the analogy, I think, a lot tonight of building a home, right? Whenever you build a house, the first step is, is like clearing the land and putting down a solid foundation that everything else will be built on. Shay proved himself to be that foundational piece, not only as the quality of basketball player he is, but I mean, we heard a lot of the players, we heard coach and we heard Sam all talk about the leadership qualities of Shay Gilgis Alexander, the positivity, the work ethic. Um, Sam went into a, a story of uh, right after they acquired Shay and how he's like in the in the gym in the practice facility at like 11 p.m. working out before he's even got Thunder Gear on. Um, he embodies what they want to build more than just what he does on the on NBA the basketball court in 48 yep. minutes, uh, culturally, organizationally. And so I think they they part of their baseline is and having a productive season is finding what they're building around. And I think that is Shay. That is Josh. There's a whole lot of other, um, I would call them like auxiliary pieces. Uh, there's a few players that could potentially be smaller pieces of that foundation, but really they're looking for the rest of those foundational pieces moving forward. And especially in this draft. So, uh, I, I, that really stuck out to me at the beginning of it. Also, you mentioned he made it very clear. This is draft two. Draft two. This is draft two of the rebuild. Who knows how long and how many drafts it's going to take. Uh, he said that he's not going to push the button. He's not going to artificially push this thing forward. He was very adamant about not beholding yourself to a timeline. Right. And that is, I think for a lot of people that, they're like, oh shit, that means it's going to take forever. He's never going to hurry it up. No, I think he's going to let it progress naturally. Exactly. And look at other teams and, he's and going how to it be progressed naturally. Right. Yes. Like he's also going to be opportunistic. Um, man, I don't know if you like had gone through the the outline and like had it memorized or, but that was a perfect, uh, kind of a perfect overview. I think of what like I want well, to break down the more detail with you. We're well done. It's almost like you've done this for yeah. What, is this going to be our sixth season? I think now. Pretty awesome. It, it's, Anyways, it's a lot of seasons. One of the the one takeaway I or, sorry, outside of those takeaways that I, I I thought you covered well. Um, the one thing he mentioned in that opening um intro or opening statement of his that I, I thought was interesting. Um, before we kind of dive into more detail of some of those things that you mentioned, he said that. Uh, he would like to see the team be more physical next season, especially mm -hmm. playing in the West. Uh, he he alluded to some of the playoff series going on right now. He mentioned, you know, before the players left for the off season, obviously they're going to be gone for however long they'll get back together, all that stuff. But before they left for the, their exit interviews last week, he mentioned, uh, you know, talking to them about that as well. And I don't know about you, Jacob. I think we're probably on the same page on this. He's not saying we're going to go and draft Jalen Duran with the first overall pick and just get super physical. And we're going, yeah. we're going to sign Derek Favors to a new contract. He means he wants to see each of the players currently on the roster and what they are building towards. A lot of what we've talked about, the versatility, um, the Pokus, the Shays, the Giddies, the Trey Mans. He wants to see them play more physical, which yeah. honestly aligns with a lot of what Dignall was saying throughout the season. So I kind of want you to uh, maybe go physicality, into more detail on that. Yeah, physicality is also subjective. You know, like Lou is incredibly physical, right? I and think Shay made that comment. Like, not yeah, everybody has to be a has Lou, to be a Lou. or a Derek Favors. Yeah, Shay, I think plays physical, especially offensively, going to the basket, leading the league in drives, uh, getting fouled at the rim, finishing through contact, that type of stuff. I don't think Poku does play physical. Right? I don't think Shay plays physical defensively. I think that's fair. I think it's, <laughs> but you're right about poker. It, it's almost like we got to be more physical, like go lift weights, get stronger and be willing to push people around. But Taylor, you and I have like both, both played sports in the past. Physicality is also a mindset. It is, it is you. It's not just, I have the ability to get in there and scrap around. It's, I have the mental makeup to want to get there and right. scrap around. I think that's what they're looking for. They're, they're looking for some dogs. 
right? Like straight up, they are looking for some dogs, uh, for some toughness, uh, for some dudes that want the smoke. And, and I not, alluded not- to this like so many times throughout the podcast, uh, throughout the season, Jacob, but like, you know, I mentioned that being aligned with some of the things that did not mention this season. Mm-hmm. And I always fall back to the specific example of Trey man. Um, you know, yeah, Trey man down, was, ripping the ball out, like yes. not being passive, you know, Trey man was pulled for defensive possessions and didn't see the floor the rest of the quarter or the rest of the half earlier in the season. But then we saw that one game where he went and stripped the ball down low from Jokic. He's mm-hmm. battling down low. He's going after the ball. He's, he's going after loose balls, but specifically drawing charges on yet drawing, drawing tar- charges, but specifically that possession where he stripped the ball from Jokic down low when Jokic made the big man mistake of bringing the ball down low before going mm-hmm. back up. Um, you saw Dagnall do the fist bump and then he talked about it right after. So I just, to your point, I think that's the perfect example. Yeah. And I, I think you're spot on there. And and I don't want to lead us down. We'll, we'll get into a lot of draft coverage and stuff. And we're not going to get off on a tangent, but you want you, if you're looking for guys who want the smoke, who aren't afraid to back down, who are going to push and shove and bite and claw and, can try to rip someone's eyeballs out like by god that's chet holmgren's music go get chet holmgren man like that <laughs> that dude he's 190 pounds 195 pounds but he doesn't give an f he wants all the smoke and like you just I, I i think kendrick perkins brought a lot of physicality not just himself personally but he instilled the mindset of pers- uh, of physicality into that early team you and know? presti alluded to perk he mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, the team like Jeff Green, the the early days with Jeff Green battling down low and then bringing in Perkins later on. So I think you're absolutely spot on there. Um, so, yeah, I one, think that's interesting. About the Perkins. Uh, yeah, and just the physicality note in general. Oh, no, I, I agree completely. I've That was not something I was expecting heading into this. Well, I did expect some of these other notes. And so, I, yeah, and he brought up so early. That's why I wanted to bring it up here. Uh, I'm with you. So we will... We will see next it, it, heading into um, the off season, summer league, etc. I think we will see more of that again. Not necessarily size, but some of that from the current players on the roster, yeah. as well as some of the guys. That hopefully, they some of them get bigger, and hopefully, they just get more tough. Like shit, Josh. We know he's going to play in Utah summer league. Go fist fight somebody. You know, <laughs> just go beat the hell out of him. I don't care. Just like he's got the attitude. We know he does. Set that mindset. Yeah, I think I think Josh does have a lot of toughness. Oh so. yeah. I mean, he grew up like boxing kangaroos. That's what they do in yeah, Australia, right. right? That's that's all. Shout they out do. all of our Australia and New Zealand uh, listeners. Now, one thing you also mentioned earlier, Jacob, you and I were t- talking a little bit about this, but you know, kind of the theme here was running our own race and not watching the clock. That was a quote from him. Um, but he also alluded, you know, he he alluded to this multiple times throughout his um, his answers. You know, he he mentioned not you know running our own race, but he also mentioned not pushing that button, um, even protecting the button. And what he meant by that is like a lot of franchises will go and just push that immediate button. Yeah. Well, and uh, and you mentioned it like, uh, you mentioned it, I think earlier, I can't remember if it was on the pot or not, but the, the quote of him saying like burning their boats, uh, they could be a 41 team if they wanted to next season by go cashing in chips. But what good does that do them? You know, and I think that's a perfect example of that button. I also felt like pretty much all of that was just a subtweet at the Sacramento Kings. Exactly. Um, well, and, and not only that, but like the all the I don't even want to shout this person out, but um, there's one specific I have in mind who had more tweets uh, regarding the Thunder's rebuild last night, but even just people in general uh, criticizing it. You know, one quote that he had about the national media when he was asked about being the quote unquote black guy of the NBA. Um, he said, I would say that we're a rebuilding team. Other people like to name things because they have opinions. Social media is a performance art. Not everyone should be a publisher. I think there is a difference between being opinionated and being informed. And uh, I think that, like you said, that the uh, burning their boats all at once just to be a 41 team for one, two, three seasons. Um, the not, Sacramento you know, the Kings. Exactly. Exactly. Trading Impressing. Tyrese Halliburton for DeMontis Sabonis. Right. And I think that, you know, Presley does have the luxury of having an owner who understands this. And I mm-hmm. think that is the single most important thing for a franchise starting out, right? Like is is the yeah. ownership and the GM being aligned. And and it's a good thing that Sam Presti is the general manager of this team and not some jackasses with a podcast like us. 
uh, not fans because like <laughs> hey, we're reactionary. He was very clear. Nobody in this room and Nick was in the room. So he wasn't talking about us, Jacob. Yeah. It's okay. But like <laughs> we want instant gratification. We're like, we right. want this team to be good now. He's got the patience and like the foresight to be willing to see the plan through uh, to, to God, it's such an overused phrase to trust the process to trust what they're doing and to let the process play itself out, not take shortcuts, not like he said, push the button, not burn their boats. Um, they, they are comfortable in their own skin and comfortable doing what they want. Um, I mean, Sam Presti said, this is the most competitive thing they can do. You know, and I, I just, I think that speaks. That a was lot. an interesting quote as well. Um, he also mentioned, I think you mentioned this on Monday's Twitter spaces, Jacob, but like the, uh, Albert Einstein quote, um, about like, um, uh, oh gosh, why some things can be counted, but shouldn't be while, uh, other things that can't be counted are what should be that kind yeah. of thing. And then I thought uh, his, another quote that I think is just really emblematic of the rebuild itself. Uh, he said, fixing something quickly takes a long time. And so they're going to move fast by moving slow. Uh, again, another Otherwise you end up like the Kings. Yeah. Right. Yep. We're not going to cut corners. We're or not going to say, pacers. Oh, something looks good. Let's trade everything and go get some milling players. And I think that there's just so much here. I think that's another thing we could read into is like, they ain't going to do shit this summer. They're going to draft some players and they're going to cut some players to make room for those drafted guys. And yep. that's all they're going to do. There's no free agency happening. There's no impactful trades happening. Um, everything is aligned to start rolling that ball in 2023. Um, so like they're, they're not going to cut those corners. They're not going to try to do a fast rebuild because they know that is not sustainable. Presti's goal is to build another team that can make playoff appearances for a decade, not a flash in the pan. And that's a perfect you know? transition. You know, he, uh, to the bullet points here that I had was the year 23. He mentions over and over. Maybe we'll end on that because I, I think that is important for us to spend time on, but maybe a little more quickly. He mentioned potentially using all those picks because it could be healthy for competition. It'd be incompetent not to use the picks just because of current roster space. And there was a, a direct quote. I'm very confident they're going to work because if not, they're going to be left behind. And that was Presti on the current players this summer. Yeah. To your he point, also mentioned Jacob, the possibility of trading pick number 12. Yeah, right. You well, know, I think all options are open. And I do and, wonder and if like, some of his comments were um, trying not to lose po trade posturing. leverage. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. That's, a, that's a lot of posturing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they, they have four picks. That's a lot of stuff to to work with. And the thing is, they don't have to cut guys to make room for those drafted players uh, until late in the summer. You can carry a 20-man roster in the summer. They're going to carry those guys, and they're going to let competition play out. And I think that's really exciting. I I could not agree more. That also means some of the people we've been talking about, like the Teo Maladones and the Isaiah Robies, um, the Beat Kretschkes, like, it, it's going to be interesting to see how all that plays out because there's not room for all those players on these upcoming teams. And Press even mentioned that multiple times throughout. Again, this wasn't just a one-time quote. This was throughout all of his answers, even in his uh, opening statement. You know, he mentions, you know, wanting to build towards this next iteration of, of the OKC Thunder being competitive and championship contenders. It's going to be all of Oklahomans, but like these current players and coaches that are part of the team right now, they may not be a part of that moving forward. Yeah. And then obviously he, as a sweetener that they will be a part of it. Um, yeah. Just because but before, before we're done with Presty stuff, you mentioned it there for a second. I, I really want to dive into this for a moment. The 2023 stuff. Yeah. Right. So a lot when, of 2023 comments. Yeah. So when we look at this, um, he said they probably won't be active in free agency this summer. I would expect after hearing him talk, here is what my expectation is. The summer. DeAndre Aiden to OKC. The summer of 2022, this summer, they are going to try to make some moves at the draft as far as getting better draft picks. Uh, they're going to make advantageous stuff to maybe, depending on how the lottery works out, maybe move up, um, reposition themselves in this draft. They're going to make some draft selections. Um, at, the, at some point in the summer, they're going to cut some guys because they don't have enough roster space. 
and they're next year they're going to roll with what they got. It's going to be this team minus some guys that got cut for space plus the draft picks this year. And that's who they're going to roll with next year. Um, he talked a lot about Lou Dort and Darius Baisley's contract extensions. He was, they don't have to make decisions this summer. And if they do not, to your point, like he, he was asked about those extensions and that's another time you and I talked about this again, again on Monday, Jacob, but like he was asked about those extensions, right? He specifically Lou's extension. Um, and then brought up 2023 again, having more flexibility Mm -hmm. there. And then he, he was like, you know, and Baisley's in a similar boat. Um, yeah. So sorry, I didn't they, mean to interrupt you, but no, I you're fine. That was... They don't have to sign those guys this summer. They can play yeah. out next season with both those guys on really cheap contracts. And then Lou would become unrestricted in 2023. Baisley would become a restricted free agent in 2023. But if you don't sign them this summer, 2023, the Kemba Walker money comes off the books. Um, the. Derek, Derek Favors, Favors money assuming that he comes off the book, not traded. Uh, yep. and yes. And, and, but even if you buy him out this summer, that money stays on your books till next year. It'll just be dead right. money. Correct. So that's like nearly $40 million coming off your books. Um, the only big contract besides like league minimum deals and rookie scale deals. The only thing left on your books for the 2023 season is Shays max. And he, and they will have even alluded to that. Yeah, said, they will have so much cap space. Um, a new CBA will be in place. We're assuming that the salary cap will raise that summer. New rules will be in place that they'll be aware of. Related to that, a potentially new TV deal. Yes. Um, they could go out and sign free agents. And then you have Lou Dort and Darius Baisley's bird rights where you can then re-sign them after you're over the cap. So it is very strategic what they have done. The summer of 2023, I feel like, is the catalyst. The summer of 2023, if everything goes how I think Presti hopes it goes next year, which is this team takes another step forward, the young guys um, have developed over the summer, they progress, and they play better. The summer of 2023 is their catalyst moment. That is the moment when they say, we are now shifting gears and we are moving this thing into full blast forward mode where we can use all of the assets at our disposal to start building around what we have and putting together a team that is going to leapfrog that middle and go from like, you know, top four, top five lottery odds to uh, not even in the play in, but like seed five or six. You know, right. I, I think that is their goal championship contention is to leapfrog that middle and everything currently is lining up in place to where they can have one more season where it's a fun season with young guys with no expectations where we're just pushing Naturally the ball forward a little do. bit. And to then 2023 Dignall. is here's some draft picks. Here's $60 million in cap space. Uh, and here's, here's some young, some developing young guys, right? Exactly. Let's That's go get our, uh, you know, I, whoever let's go get our young guy that we can add to our core to build around. Uh, Fill in the blank player is upset. Uh, it doesn't matter if he wants to stay long-term. We think we can convince him of that because exactly. we have Shay and we have Chet and we have, you know, Fill in the blank. 100%. Player. I'm, I'm with you completely. And I think that is important for it's, this draft as well. It's kind of what Pressy was getting at. It's like, I don't really want to give up those picks just because we don't have roster spots. Cause those, those could be young developing yeah. players moving forward that I, that I either want to be a part of this team. And if they aren't, and, and I, I think trade them. they're trade chips, like, like those first round draft pick, or those other draft picks. The lowest that the thunders pick can drop is pick eight. Um, and that's really unlikely. Cause pick eight is like a 1% chance. Yeah. It was like 2.2% um, or something. Crazy. There is a, I think it's a 94% chance that the Clippers pick either A jumps or B stays placed at 12. I think they're planning on bringing in their own pick and that that Clippers pick as two more building blocks, two more foundational pieces to this team and then we start to get the ball moving forward. And so that's that's very exciting to me. I agree. I agree completely. Um 
So I know we need to move on here just like super quickly. You mentioned, uh, you know, Giddy Praise. He was very, he almost paused, or not almost, he did pause for a second to be very careful with what he was saying about Giddy. You could tell there's a lot of excitement there um, from somebody being Presti who does not show a lot of excitement. Um, he had a lot of praise for Mark Dignall. He even gave a G League story about, you know, every year he flies out to a uh, pre-COVID we go on a road trip with the G League, the OKC Blue. Um, just, again, not a lot of GMs are doing that. And not only would he go just, you know, any random game, but he went out to Sioux Falls because that is apparently the worst. No offense Shout to Sioux out Sioux Falls, Falls Iowa. Right, just getting, you know, what Sam on. Sam Presti, the GM of Oklahoma City, shitting, shitting on, on Sioux Falls. <laughs> he was like, but that is the hardest to get to, and it's the coldest during that time of the year. So he's there. They're, like, at, like, uh, you know, getting dinner or whatever, and, some veteran who's been around the team forever uh, mentioned, you know what, Mark Dignall, he's going to be coaching the NBA someday. And sure enough, here we are. I thought that was cool. Um, but the biggest thing, like you mentioned, Jacob, was the shape race. Um, I mentioned this on Monday, but as somebody as reserved and cool, calm, collective as uh, Presti is, him, he was almost beaming when talking about Shea. And he, like mm-hmm. you said, he gave that, he gave two stories. One was about like, uh, uh, you know, play a, a game this season, but, um, he was talking about, you know, that that night trading away Russell Westbrook, the end of an era. He was kind of emotional. It, he had been doing the op-ed, going back and forth between phone calls with Maury, and then he's going down the hallway. He hears the ball bouncing. He goes and looks out the window, and there's Shea. Not even with Thunder Gear on, because it's only a couple days since the trade. He's out there working with one of his agents or trainers or whoever. So I thought that was cool as well. Yeah, um, very awesome. So again, a lot to break down there. I mean, we could have probably we'll mentioned we'll mention that exit interview a lot over this summer. Yes, so. that's a great point. It's a really good preview heading into kind of like the op-ed 2.0. Um, but before we break down the rest of these things, let's go ahead and hear a word from some of our sponsors, including none other than ourselves. What's up, Thunder fans? This is Jacob from the Uncontested Podcast. And I'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you the best Thunder swag available. Just visit CottonBureau.com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find all of our new designs. That's C-O-T-T-O-N-B-U-R-E-A-U.com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man Step Back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal Combat, Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, Shea Gilgis Alexander. The best part? You can get any design and the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. Make sure to go to CottonBureau.com and search The Uncontested Podcast to get your new Thunder gear today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, 
It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Alrighty, so like Jacob mentioned, there was a lot to take away um, from that pressy exit interview. And especially after the tone that some of the players set um, in their exit interviews, right? And then Presti did his own the next following Monday. Um, it it kind of set the tone for this offseason as well as this team moving forward. So, Jacob, one of our favorites here at the Uncontested, one of our favorite segments is to do a take it or leave it. I don't know if you love call it a game. I mean, we'll call it a segment. But I have some take it or leave us here after listening to Presti and also just some thoughts have been like kind of I, I've kind of been thinking about throughout the offseason and we'll continue to think about. So I want your thoughts on them. Awesome. You ready this, to go? This is, this is fun because I'm always the one to come up with take it or leave it um, yeah. statements. And then I and give them the to you guys. Like you and so do this now we're, we're, flip, we're flipping the podcast here and I'm excited about it. I love it. Okay. So take it or leave it. The Thunder leave the 2022 draft with at least three rookies. Obviously, that was a statement that Presti made. So I'm kind of asking you, do you think he's like, uh, you know, not, you know, he's uh, posturing, he's trying to um, play it up? Or do you think they actually view those players valuable and they might replace some of those guys on the roster? I am going to take it because I'm going f- with the number three. They're going to get three guys okay. in this draft. Fair. So you said take it or leave it. They they come home with three. Uh, yep. I'm I'm taking it because I'm taking the number three. And I think that's a fun uh, over under because to your yeah. point, like they could technically two feels come away like not I bet I bet they make a handful of trades. Um, handful. I bet they make a couple of trades on draft night. Well, I can really see that happening. To my next take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. The Thunder use all picks. Uh, whatever their top pick will be, one through eight. Their Clippers pick one through twelve, and pick thirty, which is the Suns. So obviously those three first round picks, they take all three players. They do not trade them. Take it or leave it. Oh, that's so hard to answer before the the draft lottery, because I think there is a very realistic chance they trade up in this draft. I think this draft is easier to trade up in than last year. I agree. Uh, so I could see if they get five and twelve. Um, they could reach out to another team to try to get to three. Maybe even right? four and 12. Yeah. I I think there's a very realistic chance that happens. Um, but if they land like pick number one, they don't need to trade up. So that's really hard to answer without knowing what the results of the draft lottery is. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to leave it. They're not going to take all three. Okay. Fair enough. Um, that's kind of what I was hoping you were going to say. And then this will be a fun one to, to your point to revisit post lottery. I think as we do like a draft preview, which we obviously will do here. Speaking of draft previews, take your leave at Jacob. The Thunder end up with one of Chet, Dyson Daniels, uh, Usman Jang. Usman Jang. Uh, take it. They're going to get one of those three. Okay. I think, I think that's definitely going to happen. Um, speaking of Usman Jang, uh, our guy, Keandre, uh, he's at hoop intellect on Twitter and on YouTube. Um, he's going to be on the show with us Sunday. Uh, he does awesome draft prospect breakdown videos and he just dropped his Usman Jang one, uh, today, which is a really Ooh, good look. Perfect. Timing. Um, looks like a total Sam Presti prospect. Uh, and at the end of each of his prospect videos, Keandre does a, not a comp, but a shades of, uh, kind of like KOC does. Yeah. And he's smart. got Usman Jang as Nick Batum plus, which I'm into. I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Like a, uh, yeah, more versatile Nick Batum. I like that a lot. Really excited to have him, uh, have Keandre on on Sunday. Some perfect, uh, perfect little teaser for Sunday's podcast. Now my next one, this one's fun because we've talked a lot, a lot about this prospect uh, in our Slack, you know, amongst each other. Um, but also on the podcast, Shaden Sharp. Shaden Sharp is in the 2022 NBA draft. Take it or leave it. Oh, yeah. 
don't believe all this stuff. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of talk right now. That's why I brought this up. Pointless for him to go back to Kentucky. The only thing that can happen if he goes back to Kentucky is he can lower his stock. As of right now, I do not see any way, unless he comes in and tries to granny shoot everything in a pre-draft workout, he's pretty much a lock to go like top seven. He'd be lucky to go top seven. I mean, he could come out and just be like insane next year. The odds of that are very low, especially with guys like Scoot and Victor. Um, I think he can only come back to Kentucky and lower his draft stock, not increase it. Uh, kind of like what Johnny Juzang did from UCLA. He would have to just go on an absolute tear. And that is so hard to do. I mean, that's exactly. like a different tangent. And it sets up such podcast. crazy expectations. And he's the, staying and in the draft. Take, yeah, right. take it. He's staying in the draft. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I think Sunday's the, the deadline. Yeah. That, okay, that's right. That's coming up. So we will know soon. But I'm yes. with you. Like, yes, technically he could stay at Kentucky and play a season and be the number one overall draft pick and maybe get a little bit more money. But that is so, I mean, he's the chances of him climbing is so, 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 so slim. He's, he's staying in the draft. I agree. Um, excuse me. This is actually the one I was hoping to, uh, you allude to this earlier. This is what I was looking for, but it was hidden in here. Pressy makes at least, three trades between now and the end of the 2022 draft. So I'm not saying he makes three trades on draft night necessarily like over or under. I'm just saying like now he has all that cap space. We talked a lot about this uh, on last. He did Sunday, mention in his, in his podcast. exit interview though, that he, it was most likely they wouldn't utilize that. He did. Um, but he also said that they would take all their draft picks in this upcoming draft. Right. Like, so true. three, that's kind of my point three trades before draft night. And it doesn't have to be like we send out, you know, three players snake room for all the rookies. It could just be small little salary cap moves or whatever it may be. Yeah. I just think Presley's is going to be very active between now and the end of the 2022 draft, not making anything, nothing drastic. Since it's by the end of the 2022 draft, I'm going to go leave it. Cause okay. I'm going to say the number is two. But then throughout the summer, there's a chance he makes little minor yeah, no, roster and, and moves that's here and fair. there. I just think between now and the end of the draft, like I just see some, even if it's draft night and he's making some like JRE moves where he's moving, or sorry, um, Trey Man moves, he's moving back in the draft to get the same guy he would have, you know, all, yeah. all those things. That's yeah. what I'm thinking there. But uh, I, I'm, I'm still going to go lead. I'm going to go two. I'm going to go two. Okay. So this one's kind of controversial amongst the um, uncontested co hosts Especially because, like, Nick and I, Nick especially, got to see this guy up and close for four years in college. Uh, I got to watch him a couple times uh, during my college. I don't want to say career. My um, my time in college <laughs> because the uh, TU Hurricanes uh, played the Oklahoma State Cowboys. All that to say, Jacob, Lindy Waters is on the team next season. He gets playing time early. And he ends the season in OKC. So maybe we scratch that middle part. Let's just say take it or leave it. He's on the team next season, and he ends the season in OKC. Doesn't have to be a two-way or a like full-time roster spot. He's just still on the team this time next season when we're talking. Leave it. I think he'll be there at the start of the season. I do not think he'll play. Um, and I think by the end of the season, they've given that two-way spot to somebody else. He might still be with the blue, uh, but he will not be with the thunder. That is very fit. That was my initial, the reason I asked that is because that was my initial thought, like watching him through college. I was honestly shocked. Um, I even mentioned this in a couple earlier podcasts of ours that I thought it was almost a, I hate saying this, but a charity case situation, but he's kind of won me over recently. Um, but I think you're, you're right in the sense that like they're, it's almost a prototype player to fit around some of these guys. And that can easily be filled with these upcoming draft picks based mm-hmm. off of Pressy's interview. So that's why I brought this one up now. Yeah. So kind of he's, a, he kind of fills the wing shooter role. Um, when they come back next season, they're going to have Shay, Trey, Lou, Josh, JRE, Ro, uh, not Roby, sorry. Um, uh, Baisley, Yep. Uh, they're going to have 
let's say two lottery picks. We're up to eight guys. They're going to have Mike Muscala. They're going to have Kenrich Williams. Are any of those guys playing behind Lindy? No. No. We're already at 10. No way. He's not going to exactly. be in the rotation. Like it, you're spot on there. Kind of to that point, really quickly, Isaiah Roby is on the roster still at this point next year. Take it or leave it. Say Sorry, say that one, one more time. Roby, same situation. On the team, uh, on the roster next leave season. It. Leave it. Yeah. They're going to have to clear space. Roby is a prime candidate to do so. He's on a non-guaranteed deal next year. I could do not, not agree more on the team. Could not agree more. All right. Some fun ones. Shea makes the all-star game next season. Take it or leave it. Take it. Yeah. That's what I'm Give talking it to about. me. They're going to start talking the season about. off hot. He's going to, he's got the narrative a little bit. He's going to get some love. So long as the thunder aren't like tanking to begin the season. I, I yeah, yeah, yes. I'm with you. Okay. Kind of similar. Giddy shoots at least 30% from three next season without decreasing his attempts for reference. He was 26% from three. It's awful this season on 3.9 attempts per game. So shooting at least four attempts per game next season, Giddy is going to be at least 30% on those Take three it. Point shots. Take yes. it. The shot already looks all right. The The free throw uh, stroke and especially like the off the dribble little midi game. Uh, the, the way Thunder that looks, aren't letting him leave Wilkes side this offseason. Yes, I, mean, I, I think what more can you ask? All all the context clues are there that he's going to be a decent shooter. Uh, he's going to work on his form this summer. He's he's going to shoot over 30%. I love it. I'm with you there as well. Three more, Jacob. Lou and Baisley are both on the roster to end the season next season. I say that because I think they are um, prime trade candidates in the right situation. I'm taking contract. It. It's okay. Yeah, I'm taking so they'll both be here. I think that's pretty fair. Very, yeah, I, I feel pretty confident. About I kind of want to be hot like when we do our season bets again, or season preview bets again. Um, I might take one of those guys to uh, not be on the roster because okay. of that reason. So I think that's fair. We'll keep an eye on this one throughout the offseason, especially into like uh, Summer League, all that stuff. But speaking of Summer League, a player I think we'll see a lot of is Trey Mann. So, and I'm really excited about Trey Mann. I know you are too. Oh, Almost yeah. all of us are here. I mean, how how are you not? So take it or leave it, Trey Mann averages more minutes than any one start of the season. What I mean by that is um, there's going to be a main starting five throughout the majority of the season that that average the most minutes at like starting, I guess you could say. And Trey Mann, and, and basically what I'm getting at is he going to be a Harden from 2012 where he plays more minutes than a certain starter would, like a top of Cephalosha would. And by the end of the season, he's um, averaging more minutes than one of those starting guys is. I'll take it. Because I don't know who they're going to roll out at center, but they're not going to play a lot of minutes. I like it. That's kind of so where I, I, so, so I will take that. That's where I was getting at. Like, I think um, if Trey continues to progress and has a big summer and then continues to do the things that the Thunder want him to do, some of the things we alluded to earlier, Jacob, um, you know, throughout the beginning of the season, I can see Trey getting some regular, even closing minutes, which Dude, might be a little optimistic. I'm excited, I'm excited for, I, I think you could see a lineup that's like Shea, Josh, Lou, and Trey all on the court together. Because Josh can guard three slash four. Um, Lou can definitely guard threes, some fours. Uh, you let Shea and Trey guard the backcourt. Um, yeah. I, I, I could see lineups depend- like that. That'll be you draft somebody in this upcoming draft who can take the other position. Chet. I mean, I Chet hit right. And I, you just, that's why this offseason is very important for some of those guys currently on the roster to be able to um, put in the work, which I think they will, and be able to um, allow the Thunder, excuse me, to roll out those kind of lineups. So my last that's one here, right. Jacob, it's about perfect timing. At least two of Shea. Giddy Lou in the season playing. And what I mean by that is um, Pressy alluded to, you know, if they aren't playing ma- meaningful games next season, they will transition towards the uh, player development. And w- I, he didn't mean like we're going to play only 10 day players or whatever. He meant like, you know, guys like Teo Maladone and Poku uh, at point guard and, and also at center, like, those kind of players and those kind of roles are going to get more time. So take it or leave it. 
at this point next season, we're either in that mode again, or at least two of Shea, Giddy, and Lou are playing, meaning that the team is competitive. It's a difficult one. I'm going to leave it. I think they're going to shift into development mode again, because I don't think they're going to be good enough to be in what Sam Presti called games of consequence. Um, I think games of consequence is another very subjective term. Yeah, he left that open. Exactly. means different things to different people. Yep. Um, To me, games of consequence were losing to the freaking Portland Trailblazers earlier this, you know, about a month ago. So um, thanks, Isaiah Roby. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to leave it. Um, I'm going to say late in the season, final five to ten games, they're going to shift to uh, to development of young guys and end of bench guys. That is very fair. I am personally, I'm still very torn on that which is why we have an offseason to reflect on all these things. So that's all I've got tonight, Jacob. A lot of fun stuff. Uh, I'm glad we kind of got to uh, rehash our Monday conversation and put it on podcast form. So thank you all again for tuning in uh, to the Uncontested Podcast. Be sure to tune in. Like I said, Mondays and Fridays, we're doing Twitter spaces. Um, We're trying to get a little more consistent with those in terms of timing, but Whenever we do them, we'll be sure to tweet them out ahead of time for y'all to be able to join in. Those will not be recorded, so please join up on stage. Be sure to to give your thoughts. We'd love to have y'all on there. Um, obviously, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights like tonight, we're going to be doing our weekly group podcast, uh, kind of recapping bigger themes and, and dropping those in podcast form. So thank you all again for tuning in. Stay tuned for next week. And until next time, Thunder Up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.